Hello, I'm Bill DeLuise, and this is the Wiley Society Updates Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do something a little different. A few weeks ago, we published on our blog, Wiley Exchanges, a Q&A with Joe Steffen, president of Broadview Analytics. Broadview is a market research and analysis firm that Wiley has worked with for a while now, and Joe and his team have helped us use surveys to better understand our customers, authors, librarians, instructors, and many others. And as a result of those survey insights, improve how we work with our customers to give them the resources and services that they truly need and value. Today, we're going to call Joe up and ask him to go a little bit deeper into approaches to analysis and how organizations can use different types of statistical analysis to better understand the different needs of the groups that they want to serve. For societies, finding ways to meet member needs across academia and industry or different subspecialties or geographies can be really challenging and surveys and analysis can help. So let's call Joe. Joe, hi, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Bill, it's a pleasure. So I wanted to pick up on some of the topics that you explored in a blog post that you authored on our Wiley Exchanges site about a month ago. And there was a big focus in that post on needs-based segmentation. I wonder, can you tell us what is needs-based segmentation? Well, segmentation is a marketing tool that's been around for a long time. And it's essentially how different businesses group their customers. There are a lot of different ways that businesses segment, and some of them work better than others. Uh, Sometimes they segment around geography because that's how they're arranged. It's easier to have different lines in different geographies, different regions. So they just treat everyone who lives in a certain area the same way. Another way they do it is by lines of business. And so everyone who might be interested in this product will treat all of them the same way. Think of a bank. They might be organized by loans and by deposits, even though some of their customers overlap. Uh, a relatively recent way of doing it is to segment customers based on what they want. Why are they interested in your product? And so the method for that is to figure out what is it about your product that are bringing people into the door? What problems are they trying to solve? What solutions are they trying to get? And then treating all those people the same way, regardless of where they live or how they're interacting with your product line. And that is what you described in your post as needs-based segmentation? Correct. What's that underlying need? If you think of Procter & Gamble with Tide, they need to get their clothes clean and as, as clean as possible because it conveys to everyone else around you that I care enough about my family to make sure their clothes are clean. And so they leverage that in their advertising, in their, in the products they create, and how they align their company. It sounds, though, like you wouldn't use these approaches, you know, segmenting by geography or by line of business or by underlying need at the same time, or, or would you? I don't think you would. What makes the original versions attractive are that you can find people. It's easy to see that somebody who lives in California might be in your Pacific region or somewhere in in the South region. Those people are easy to locate, and so it's easy to treat them the same way. When you have needs-based segments, it makes the job a little bit harder for a sales rep 
to go out and, and say, okay, I have a new sales lead here, and I have no idea what needs-based segment they might be in. I don't know what they need. All I know about them is that they're from this company with this type of revenue, and perhaps they expressed an interest in, in some type of product. So it, it's really hard for the sales rep, but if you equip them with the right tools, they can easily go and find out what type of, of segment these people are in relatively quickly and, and, and then make the proper sales pitch. I wonder, is that the type of tools that you were talking about when you were talking about, um, you know, finding prospects as a sales rep, that kind of couple of questions that would help people identify what segment their prospects fall into? Absolutely. Uh, we do a lot of segmenting here with Wiley for um, different types of, of, of educational tools that are used. And so some of the lead questions we have them ask are, uh, you know, how busy are you? Are you still trying to get tenure? Do you do a lot of research? You know, that kind of busy. Um, are you able to meet with students as much as you like? And so there's a segment all around the overworked instructor who's trying to earn tenure uh, and the solutions that they would use. Uh, there's another set of solutions for those who like to stand up at the front of the classroom and lecture and have the students learn on their own. So there's more student-centric tools there. Uh, there's another segment of people who are just starting out and are trying to figure out what works best for them, kind of more of the, the adjunct type. So uh, they don't always match up to specific titles, but by asking the right questions ahead of time, you get to understand what they need. That approach sounds to me, Joe, like to identify what segment a person or people might belong to really requires an organization to have a, a pretty deep knowledge about the characteristics of those segments going into that. And and is that right? Like sequentially, what is the order that an organization would take to start using some of these approaches? Well, the first start is just getting to know your customers, trying to understand who's out there. And so some of the tools that are available for that are all the behavioral information that people catch. So you might go and see who clicks on an email, who uh, made it to your landing page, who submitted information to a form. That's, that's really the beginning. Uh, but when you see that, you see what happens, but not why it happens. And survey research is all about why people are doing what they're doing. The second step is to go out and to talk to some of the people and learn about what problems they're trying to solve, what their, uh, what challenges they're facing, you know, what, a, what's their objective, um, you know, what's success look like. After that, it's time for a survey. Uh, surveys aren't a, as much about fishing for information as it is validating information. So you have all these possible reasons why people might use your product. You go into a survey and you say, how important are these for you to engage within this product category? And, and so then you can use higher level mathematics in order to start to group the people together and say, okay, we have three or four segments now. And then there's some really complex mathematical algorithms that help you identify who belongs in which segment. I think I need you to, to indulge the nerd in me a little bit and talk a, 
about those higher order mathematics? Well, there's a lot of them. One of them we like to use is factor analysis. That takes a whole laundry list of attributes and arranges them for you based on the respondents' answers and tells you what the few themes are. So there might be a thousand different attributes you could test for, uh, you know, why you like this restaurant or not. But then factor analysis would come back and say it's really about environment, food, and value. And then so, okay, we have three broad metrics now we can measure every restaurant on. We don't need the list of a thousand. We can just do those three. And then so you start grouping together using cluster analysis. All right, some of these are all good on value, but they're a little sketchy on food and, and, and um, environment. You know, and those might be your quick-serve restaurants. And then you have some that might be really good on environment and value, but not so good on the food. Those, are, those might be your fast, casual restaurants. And then you might have a segment of restaurants where they're really good on the, the food and the environment, but not the value. You know, those would be your top-tier places. So the mathematics here brings all those together, and it's really about grouping them together and pulling them apart in different ways. It sounds like this is something that amateurs shouldn't attempt at home. Well, just like everyone thinks that they can write a novel and be the next Grisham or, or someone like that, you know, it's not hard to write a survey. There's tools available to everyone, but what they might not have had is a bunch of classes in the advanced analytics or a bunch of experience in that uh, professionally. So while anyone can write a survey, it really takes a special type of experience and background to be able to get every bit of value out of that. Joe, what would you advise organizations who might not have the resources to tap into someone with that experience and background? Uh, Just start small. Uh, Just start talking to customers. Write surveys that aren't overly complex. If you don't know how to properly do the regression for a survey to see what's driving satisfaction, keep it short and simple. That way you aren't putting a burden on the people you're trying to get feedback from for items that you're not going to be able to get the most out of. You know, we all have survey burnout, so keep it simple. um, And remember that surveys aren't about all the information you want to get from a respondent. It's about all the information they want to give to you. I'm getting a sense of some of the limitations involved in needs-based segmentation. You mentioned survey burnout. You mentioned difficulty in targeting, finding people who, um, you know, finding people who fit the segments or who are, are the customer types that organizations are looking for. What, what are some of the other limitations at play here? Well, those are the, the major ones there. And that's all on the front end. On the back end, there's a lot of implementation questions. A lot of companies aren't built around serving three or four different segments. Uh, some people would just say, okay, we have these segments, and then go out and put out the same product. It requires different marketing efforts for those different people. It requires different products. It's it's a whole separate line. I I promised, Joe, that we would keep this um, short, and I'm so grateful for the time you've already taken. I think I have one one last question, though, if I can. What's next in this type of research? Well, 
what's next is that companies are getting better and better at capturing that behavioral data that I mentioned. But it's very important for them to tie it to the why and the psychographics. So what's going to be next is that companies are going to stop keeping all this data in different silos and actually have it available across the organization. And then once that's available, you can start to tie the why explicitly to the what. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you, Bill. It's truly a pleasure. As Joe just explained so well, needs-based segmentation of survey data is a powerful tool that can help organizations understand the people that they're trying to serve. And even if you don't have the resources right now to invest in that level of analytics, surveys are still a useful way to get at the why behind the what of your members' behavior. Just start small. Ask the questions that really matter, and you'll be surprised by how much you learn. That's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our theme music was provided by Jason Shaw and editing by Dennis Velasco. The show's producer is Anna Ayler. Our regatorial advisory group includes Andy Robinson, Sarah Phibbs, Alexa Dugan, David Nicholson, Mark Robertson, and Nielsen Turner. A link to the Q&A with Joe, titled What Comes Next? Survey Analysis and Segmentation, is in the show notes, and the article is available on exchanges.wiley.com. You can find previous episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing to the Wiley Society podcast in iTunes. You can also sign up for our mailing list to learn more about what's happening at Wiley and other news and trends in research publishing by going to exchanges.wiley.com societies. I'm Bill Deloise, and thanks for listening.